Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Today, Facebook has a new mission statement. Mozilla wants to control the web, and Star Trek Discovery is about to launch. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Check it out, man. To all the killers and the $50 billers. Wow. Please don't mess up this record. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down tech news and their culture from a black and brown perspective. I'm Joe Brazel, that's Akili Shine. What's up, Akili? Chilling, man. Uh, we are listening to the, the sounds of Prodigy from Mob D. 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 R.I.P. R.I.P. Prodigy. Uh, one of the, you know, well, I guess one of the most commercially slept on rappers, but not slept on rappers or groups. Mob Deep is, uh, hey, yeah. Hey, one of my favorite groups coming up. Favorite. It's one of the groups that influenced me to get into the game, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I mean, because wow. they were a duo. When I started doing music, I was in a duo. Okay. And, like, the way they kind of, like, went back and forth sometimes. Yeah. The way they constructed their songs is yeah. how my duo constructed songs. Yeah. Our early records, we rapped over their beats. Wow, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. so, yeah. The, the, the beats are, uh, are ridiculous. Ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, man, my beat was, I, I mean, I'm, you know, just a little bit older than you, so. <laughs> my inspiration was more on the Run DMC side for the back and forth. But, uh, yeah, these guys, man. They're, 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 they're fantastic. R.I.P., bro. R.I.P. At 42 years old. It's kind of a bummer. Yep. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, uh, I mean, that's the same age as you, so. <laughs> wow. That, uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I brought my pistol, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't. That's a, that's a wrong place to make a joke. It's uh, R.I.P. Uh, to, to a fantastic, talented brother and a, an influential, incredibly influential group. Um how you doing otherwise? How you doing this week? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Just loving, loving the summer, bro. Loving the sunshine and yeah. interesting stuff that's happening in the world. You know, technology, yeah. social media, with brand building, creative creativity. It's just it's some interesting times, man. It's Lots great. of stuff going down, man. Lots of interesting times going down um, with Facebook and and others and people getting to the game. Vimeo getting to the game now. Getting to the creative game. Some stuff happening, but we'll. we'll get to that uh, later, but right now <clears throat> Mozilla is talking about trying to incentivize people to come up with ways to decentralize the web. They're offering a cool $2 million which doesn't seem like enough money, but $2 million if someone could figure out how to uh, do a second internet, if you will. I guess this is the theory behind this. This is actually a plot line on Silicon Valley TV show. Mm-hmm. theory behind this being um, you know only a, only, only a fraction of the world is actually connected via the internet. There's, there's a lot more opportunity for people who aren't connected. And there's a theory if we can have this truly free space yeah. where everyone can have access to it and everyone can be globally connected, who knows? Everyone, everyone has, the internet is available to everyone, but mm-hmm. not everyone has access to it. Yeah. This could be you know, a game changer if someone can crack it. Absolutely, especially when we talk about net neutrality and... You know, these IS, ISPs trying to control the speed in which we even get internet. And most of the world is doesn't even have the internet. But I think this is a great incubator, crowdsourcing, you know, strategy to be able to come up with something that's futuristic that is for all the people. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. That I mean, and you're right, $2 million is a, is a little drop in the bucket. But, I mean, it's enough to incentivize someone with a bright idea, you know what I'm saying? And I think that, I think that someone's going to create it. It's interesting. If someone creates it, 
the whole the whole uh, the whole point of creating it is though so that it's free and it's right. for everyone. Democratized. Democratized. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it feels like if you create another internet, why would you like set up a world to be where you can profit on it? Like if I'm the creator of the internet, I want the internet residuals forever. <laughs> like two million plus. You want your, you want your publishing check on the I internet? Just want like, a, like one eighth of a uh, one eighth millionth of a penny off every search. But that's like that's like saying <laughs> that's like saying the person that invented the manuscript back in the times of Egypt should be he should be that, that family should, should be getting a check royalties on every book son right. every book ever written I developed <laughs> no. the spine of the book <laughs> I mean no something that, that's I, I see what you're saying um, but yeah see, but I guess what, what, what the basic question of Mozilla is sort of funding this and doing this and I mean no, we, their, their motives seem 100% sort of altruistic if you will but maybe not maybe it is some backdoor profit motives in there Offering money, yeah. I mean, they're in the game already, of course. There might be, I mean, there has to be some type of acquisition, some type of rev share. I mean, if they're putting up money, that I, I would caution that they're doing it for free. But I love the fact that it's that you know, we're in a time where we can crowdsource ideas and you know, just really get into the meta thinking of how things are developed. And I think this is a great opportunity. It's a it's a it's an it's a inward into a, a new landscape, you know what I'm right. saying? To like re- deconstruct the internet and build something that's even fresher. Right. Who knows what that could be? That's what's interesting. Like I can't even conceptualize what that would be. Yeah, it does, but it's it's if we can no no one owns the internet, so you know, why they they did it once, let's do it again. Man. Um, I mean, you're going to be, will you be surfing on Internet 1.0 or Internet 2, Internet 2.0? <laughs> I don't mess with the 1.0. Yeah, will your, yeah, your browser, like, you be able to select when you're on a, a Chrome or, or a Safari or Firefox, which Internet you want to be on? Man, like, when, when what's I, even more? When your computer fires up, you like, click. What's even more funny is, like, when I was in our lifetime, we laugh at the, the idea of the Internet because we have something way better. Yeah, like, the Internet. Yeah, it's yeah. like, so, uh, <laughs> oh, WWW? <laughs> like, a, a, like a, that would, you are that URL? Be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> URL? Remember we typed URLs? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's that would be crazy. Yeah, that's going to happen. Um, yeah, like, my, my granddad was typing in URLs like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, and maybe, it won't be even grandfather, maybe sooner or later. Man. You know, like, your son will be like, Dad. Anyway, yeah. um, moving on. Uh, speaking of making money on the internet, Mark Zuckerberg, the king of making money on the internet right, on the internet right now, the guy who the just king cannot stop making money off all the bees, billions of people he has connected to his service. Let's uh, see. Is, is decides that he wants to change Facebook's mission. Uh, you know, obviously it was a place before where you just you know exchange photos of your ex-girlfriends and high school folks and and shows what your kids are doing these days and blah 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 but it's grown into something that behemoth is way more powerful than that and although facebook has just felt like they just kept facilitating with better tools to do the same thing better which Mm -hmm. is connect and share yeah now that they're in a place that he sort of feels like he's time to pivot and really make Facebook into something, in his words, that will uh, give the people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. Uh, I I mean, there's a lot of changes going on with Facebook. I mean, they they built this incredible infrastructure, not only of a user base, but all kinds of ancillary technologies that are able to... uh, you know, not only make money for their for their for their buyers and for themselves, but just uh, you know, really have different ways for people to connect and share. We saw over the years how you know 
absolutely transformative Facebook has been when it comes to like the Arab Spring and, and, and starting revolutions and, and spreading things and, and, and obviously our election with the spreading of fake news intentionally or unintentionally uh, all the way down to the recruitment of Al-Qaeda I mean of, of, of um, sorry of ISIS so it's a very powerful tool uh, you know how what ways do you think Mark Zuckerberg as the CEO and, and Facebook will do to change that to just like we're just back here you know, doing that to providing tools to help grow the world and bring community closer. What do you think he means by that? I mean, I think he means it exactly how he's, how he says it. Like that, the the additional um, phrasing now. I mean, I think he's already in the process of doing that. He's already brought the world together on the platform with the various tools that he's developed. And I think having the specificity of a group bringing in smaller communities based on you know different causes that you might be have an affinity to, I think is very smart because hey. That's how we as humans interact. We we are we communicate, we engage, we need that social ability. And I think being that Facebook is the hub for all of that and you're able to be able to make money off of it, promote stuff. You're able to, you know, like you said, use the usefulness of it is so many is so many variations of it. I think that's that's the, the highlight of it. And the fact that two billion almost two billion active users, that that's a third of the almost a third of the world that right. use actively use Facebook. So the fact that he is promoting that and putting that out, bullhorning that out, I think is great. Yeah. I mean I know that you you are kind of like a kind of like a I mean you don't really feel Facebook like that so what do you think about that uh, I just believe what I see I just think Zuckerberg is a real savvy sort of pro for profit kind of guy who pivots to make these more socially conscious moves as a PR uh, as more as as, as, he gets, as as the press gets worse and as the climate for this sort of thing gets uh, I mean he's in real danger here of getting such bad press with Facebook that uh, the, you know, he can't afford to go the way, they're too big now, but he can't afford to go the way of Friendster or, or any of these other failed social media things. So I think that... You gotta, you gotta clean that one up. Explain. What I don't I, know what you mean. What I mean by that is, what, I, what I'm trying to articulate is, I believe that Zuckerberg is about making money and, and delivering ads who and is delivering not? users <laughs> to his advertisers full stop period that's and it he says hey I'm gonna do something new I'm actually gonna build communities and I don't believe a word of it <laughs> that's all that's basically it it's like okay but, so uh, there's not but I'm out, still gonna make money a, there's not an ounce of altruism no, and philanthropy back it. there I don't believe it <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, just, I really don't believe it I think it's Man. he's saying the right things and doing the right things and it'll be a very good sort of PR spin on what they're doing and why they're doing it and why they're helping the world it's very I'm very 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 cynical when it comes to cynical well, most Silicon Valley CEOs and how they roll and, and, and how um, sort of uh, hypocritical they are even in the liberalism that's the CEO in, elite, in, elite, in their elitism that's the culture of a CEO though you can't name a CEO that's not about that. Well, I, I, when I when I say that, I just mean particularly Silicon Valley guys who sort of culturally are these guys who come like, do no evil. We're gonna do good. Our, so are our you arguing? Are, are you arguing that Facebook has done no good? No, I'm not arguing that Facebook has done no good. I'm arguing that Facebook in general has this is. Com- but, you know, by having this hands off, we're just a messenger, we're just a connector sort of approach. They they remain complicit in all the things that that they've helped for good and for bad. More more importantly, the uh, spreading of fake news and this election, some other stuff they've. But isn't that like a, a small fraction of all the things that they've helped to promote in terms of goodness, goodwill, and I mean, I don't collectivism. Have, I don't have a running tally, <laughs> but but how you're framing this like that? But what is, I'm saying is, at the end of that. 
Facebook, it's just like television in general. It's like magazines, radio, and television. Magazines, radio, and television are created as a delivery service for ads, full stop. The only reason those three mediums exist is a delivery service for ads. That's right. The reason why Facebook started was for people can share things. Why Facebook exists now is a delivery service for of users and and eyeballs. But why is that a bad thing? In exchange for money. Why is that a bad thing? Why can I? I Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me talk. Why can I set up create a platform? That delivers ads and still help people. Why can't I do it at the same time? It, it's it's a fantastic notion. I think, I think, I think that, that that's a fit and great sentiment. I just don't believe that that's what Zuckerberg's trying to do. I think he's saying he wants to do that because people are like, "Damn, you got all this power. Let's face it." And, and and frankly, he's saying all that because his main sort of like competitors, which are uh, Bezos and uh, and uh, um, you know Surge and those guys from Google and even Tim Cook. Are so far up about how they're going to change the world and the they good have, they're but doing. They have changed they have, the no, world. but the good they're doing. These people, blah, blah. And Facebook's like, yeah, we try to get that money. So I, mean, I strongly disagree. I strongly disagree okay. because I, I mean, I feel like all these guys are in it to make money. Of course they are. Like, sure, that's that's they have a business. They yeah. Hold on, hold on, They have a business. So I, because I believe as I make money, even on a small level, I'm still be able to to, to do my part and make change. And I feel that's what Facebook has done through the last 10 plus years. They've made, they've changed our culture of how we engage, how we interact. They changed everything. Like our, our, our dependency on the internet is is completely different because of Facebook. Sure. So like, and I think, I think there are, there are some varying degrees as to what has been helpful, what's been hurtful. But I think I'm not going to blanketly say that he's just doing it for profit and there's nothing back there that wants no sentiment back there that wants to help people because so I feel he's, okay, he's that, employed he's employed people like sure. I mean he's 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 doing a lot of research and development in, in terms of all sorts of stuff that's going to open up more infrastructure more jobs like all that is helpful for community for sure and for sure those are all great points and I, and I don't want to say that Facebook has, does no good or intends to do no good I'm just you saying say very that. simply. No, I'm very, very, very <laughs> simply that. that. When Zuckerberg says we're changing our mission statement, now we're all about this, I'm like, I don't believe you. In your business's mission statement, your business's DNA, in the DNA uh, of Robinson Parks, it is like one of the pillars of what you do is service and mm-hmm. helping people. That's like what's in there. That was never in there for Zuck. I'm not saying it's bad. It, was, no, it, wasn't, in there. it wasn't in there until right now. That's not true. He okay. added on to his statement. He oh. added on one phrase. The first part has always been there to to yep. to, to build community. Yeah. That's always been there from day one. Okay. <laughs> and then he added he added four more words to it. Four more words to it in 2017. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> uh, you're, you're you're very optimistic. I hear you. Uh, speaking of which, and this is another. I mean, I'm taking a, a cynical approach to this as well. Uh, Facebook is entered into the television game, into the original content game, to try to get some of that Netflix. to help people, bro. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> to help people, they're trying to get some of that Netflix and uh, and Amazon and, and, and HBO money uh, subscription based stuff. YouTube. Now, the thing about that is because Facebook isn't necessarily subscription based. You don't have to pay nine dollars a month to be part of Facebook. Uh, you don't have to subscribe to Facebook Prime to be part of Facebook. That stuff delivered to you. So, what are they? going to do to incentivize people uh, obviously they, we know why they want to have original content to, to, to grow their user base and keep users and keep their users satisfied and happy but what are they going to do and right now they're 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 being very competitive in the market when it comes to budgets some of their big scripted series are they're paying as high as $250,000 an episode for and some of their smaller you know you know what we traditional traditionally considered as digital fare is more like 10000 to 3500 35000 an episode 
The difference is, and this will ask you as a creator, for the for the two fifty an episode, they'll give you that money. You make your you make your stuff. Let's say you make ten episodes, whatever it is, and you collect your money, own it. and they just own as it. you were talking about offline. Yeah, yeah, and they own it. Good <laughs> for them. Uh, the other version, though, mm-hmm. they give you thirty five thirty five thousand an episode. Not that much money, yeah. but you can cook something up pretty fresh to five thousand, and you get to keep fifty five percent of the revenue share. Yeah, the ad rep. That's more like it. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. What, what, in your opinion, what do you think would be more profitable if you had the choice to do? Would you take the um, two fifty, make something big and bold, and keep it moving, or would you? I mean, or would you? You're, t- you're taking a chance on 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 banking on how visible the IP is going to be. I mean, they're only it's throwing, Facebook. They're yeah. only throwing, but everything on Facebook don't run numbers. It's not. True. It's not proven that everything. I mean, I have a guy that's doing Facebook ads right now. It's getting nothing. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying he's getting no response. So right. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't prove that you're going to get a lot of spins. Is what I'm trying to say. That's true. So I mean, you're banking on that. Like if, if the content. Is is relevant, and you already have a built-in community. You have an audience that's you know wanting to um, consume that content. Then yeah, maybe that might be the best bankable thing for you to do. But two hundred fifty an episode for for a scripted, I think that's that's decent. Yeah. I mean, and, the, and the, to be able to have the the again the two billion users as as something to 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 to, to bet against. I think that I don't know. To answer your question directly, I don't know which one I would choose. Um, I don't know if it would be just based on what I would make or the profits. I think it would just based on the the opportunity for whatever I created to get the most spins. Yeah. And so if it if it's me doing a scripted um, iteration or a non scripted iteration, who knows? Yeah, I guess it would depend on like what kind because of, what's not in there is the traditional. And this is in traditional media, you have different models. You have marketing. You have you know how much how much money they going to spend to promote this. These these networks, uh, traditional networks like ABC, CBS, and NBC have incredible promotion departments and do an incredible job of promoting their their shows. I mean, you know exactly everything about Big Bang Theory and the Blacklist, or you know, or uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy. They do a great job of promoting their shows. As does Fox. I don't know how Facebook, a good job Facebook's going to do promoting their shows. Netflix has got it down. Uh, hey, they got money. I don't think it, that would be an easy, a hard, difficult thing for them right. to do. Okay, well, then, then if they spend the same money, if they spend the same promotion budgets uh, promoting these shows, then I would much rather take my 35000 episode, make something hot, and get the full promotion budget, and have everyone get, have everyone know about it, and then start collecting 55% of that ad revenue money. That's got to be insane. Yeah, I mean it's ins- it it's insane if you if you have a you know a grand slam piece of content where you get a lot of circulation and visibility. Yeah, that would be super profitable. I mean, because especially if it has sustainability, like if if you have something that's hot that goes viral and that people tune in, you know, weekly or daily or whatever the case may be, then yeah, you're making some paper. Yeah, interesting. Interesting to see how this plays out and how this plays out. But that's uh, I, I like the idea of that. Um, moving forward, YouTube TV. Google's launched YouTube TV. Uh, they had it in, in um, let's say, a handful of people, which a handful of places, which is here in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Philly, and the Bay Area, um, five cities. I tried it out. Uh, I actually liked it a lot. I thought, I thought the I thought the interface was good. I thought the it worked really amazingly on my iPhone and also on my laptop on my um, desktop. Extreme right to your television. I thought mm-hmm. YouTube TV worked out. Very, I actually liked it better than Sling, and, and became quite reliant on it. Um, and I and then I kind of. I stopped paying for it, so I got to I got to pay for it again. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it. The point is, what I didn't realize is it was only in those five cities because I'm here in Los Angeles. So expanding to ten more cities: Atlanta, Charlotte, 
Dallas, Fort Worth, Detroit, Houston, uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. St. Paul, Dallas, uh, and Phoenix and Washington D.C. They're basically rounding out the rest of those top fifteen markets. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are you are you are you, are you, are you uh, well, messing with YouTube TV at all? I think it's a great expansion plan. I, they, obviously, they start, started in the hottest markets, and then now they're going into the more you know medium markets and the smaller markets, and, and getting all the affiliates. To, right. You know, connecting those dots. And I think that's smart for them to do. I mean, they're slowly building their network. And as more content is developed and more people know about it, more promotion dollars are spent, I think they'll have the network and infrastructure to really roll out some dope some dope presentation. And so I think, yeah, I mean, when you talk about them battling, you know, the Amazons, the Netflix of the world, and even, you know, terrestrial, terrestrial television, I think that this is a great step for them to do that, especially attracting, you know, the, the younger generation, millenni- millennials and, and the alike. So I think it's smart. It's good. And yeah. and it really just rests you know, with the content. If the content is it has great product production value, it's compelling, it's competitive. Um, I think they're gonna continue to expand. They have the again, they have the money. So right. they they have money to burn. So I think it's smart. It's good. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's great too. And then I I'm, I'm you know, surprisingly more pro Google than I am Facebook, but I don't know. I need to really examine what my problem with Facebook is. Is a, I don't have anything as Mark Zuckerberg. I just I got to figure this out. Yeah, I have, one of my boys actually does a lot of stuff for Kevin Hart, and he um he's, he has his thing. He has his thing with YouTube, and I'm interested to see how successful I guess his his We're platform. About LOL. Is. Yeah, LOL. Yeah. And um yeah, I think that would be interesting to see if if someone with like a huge personality like that can be profitable and you know change culture. So yeah. we'll see. We, we, we certainly. <laughs> Will and shall see. Uh, moving forward, um, but Jeff Bezos, our guy, our Bezos, Bezos, I keep saying Bezos, but um, he is always is a disruptor. He's always shaking stuff up. He dropped one tweet, which was a, a lot, was a little longer than 140 characters, but he did it in the form of a uh, JPEG. And basically, it was just a tweet requesting philanthropic ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, look, I'm sitting on a bunch of bees. I'm trying to make do good in the world. I own Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. I own the Washington Post. I own Amazon, Blue Origin, Twitch. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to do good. So how can I do good in the world? Who give me some geniuses oh, so he, out there? He's trying to do good, but Mark yeah. Zuckerberg is not. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't get, I, I didn't get Mark Zuckerberg's tweet in my inbox, bro. But okay, then Mark Zuckerberg not say that 99 percent of his holdings he's going to get to a found, his foundation. The Mark Zuckerberg Foundation for what drones and, and, yeah, <laughs> and health, cash health community. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so I just think this was dope. He sent this out and he got over forty thousand re- replies, mm-hmm. and there's some really good replies. Why, why do you think this is dope? Uh, he did it this in this way versus yeah, like, because I, I guess because it, what, it, what it boils down to, I guess at the end of the day is I'll just just keep it 100 I believe him I believe I believe this when Bezos says like give me some ideas and someone says hey why don't you do this he's like I believe Bezos is like sure let's do that when when Zuck comes out <laughs> talking about like yo we'll change it change it up to help to build the pool bring the world closer together I'm like man 
So I don't know. That's okay. just, so that's me. No, but why did you like the the way that he, you know, tried to to pull people in in this fashion? Why why was that an attractive thing to you versus like, hey, I'm gonna just talk to my own brain trust and figure it out myself? Because open it out to most the of the yeah, because because is most of the nature of these CEO guys are the guys are really, for lack of a better term, up their own ass. They're like very much like I have all the answers. I'm the guy. I I I I'm the smartest guy in the room. Everywhere I go, I don't want to hear anything from anybody else. So when you of course have this incredible brain trust of whoever you could possibly get in a room to give you ideas and you can hire whoever you want. But the idea of saying like, I just bought Whole Foods, like I'm our company's just making projected to do incredible amounts of money. Like I want to give something back. I want to hear from the people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to use the power of social to just say, give me your philanthropic ideas. And I, I, I think that a, that's dope because it shows it sort of democratizes, democratizes uh, like you know his film, his uh, philanthropy through his giant company. It also is a great PR move because it doesn't seem like just a giant CEO oh, PR move. Well, I mean, I, no, <laughs> I mean, not in a bad like, oh. not in a bad word, but it's in a good, it's a good public relations move because he doesn't seem like some CEO sitting on a hill just counting stacks. Like he's like, I want to do something good. People help me do good, so people like give him much ideas, and I, I don't think he'd be like. Like not listen to the ideas. I think he's gonna be like, oh, okay. Let's let's find the top ten. Let's execute those because I can. I don't think he's gonna approach it that way. I, I do like the fact that he is trying to keep his ear to the streets, quote unquote, yeah. and like polling people. I think that's cool to show some type of connection to the people. But I don't think that. I, I think that he kind of already has a, a direction he wants to go in, or a category he, or space that he wants to be in. Which is what. Um, I'm just this is what I'm betting I'm theorizing that he already kind of knows I mean he's a smart guy like he doesn't just randomly do stuff I'm sure he's already thought about a space he wants to be in and so um, I know he already shouted out a couple a couple uh, foundations in Seattle that he had an affinity towards but I know that the key difference is that a a lot of the the philanthropic um, I guess strategies and a lot of the foundations are doing stuff that's more like long term. His thing was he wants to do something that's more short term right. and addressing people's needs in the now. And so I and I get that that being the motivation for him going to Twitter. But I, th- I already think he kind of already has a plan as to what to do. That's just my thoughts. Uh, well, he does. I, I, I well, I'm sure he does. He's, he's Jeff, but not just from that area. I'm going to transition now because I agree with all that. But I'm going to transition to this new thing, which is essentially there's a uh, on CNBC.com. They have oh, have an open question as to what do we think Bezos will do next. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he owns he owns you know Zappos and Twitch and diapers and, and groceries and and television and all kind of other stuff. Uh, what is next for him? People are suspecting media companies. Maybe he buys a studio. Maybe he buys, you know, uh, MGM or you know Sony or you know, the, the studio arm of Sony. That is. Uh, what do you think is next for Bezos? Um, I, I believe that he's going to go heavy into space exploration. I feel like that's the the frontier that people want to be in. Um, colonizing Mars, you know, getting people into d- deeper space. And I think that, I mean, he's going to continue to, I mean, he already has that kind of company built, but I think he's going to continue to put more money into that. Um, I, I think he has the, the cachet to be able to buy a Netflix. We already, we talked about that before. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, he has, he has that ability to acquire pretty much anything. And I think I read an article maybe a week or two ago, right when the Whole Foods acquisition happened, how they were, they were arguing that, hey, Bezos might be, um, he might be getting too big, where they have to break it, break him up. He might sure. become like a monopoly, you know. Then they have to break him up, and so yeah. that—that's what interests me. Interests me he's more. A power um, but I mean, I don't. I mean, he's only number two. 
Um, I think he's he's right behind um, Bill Gates as the wealthiest in the world. Um, you, you'll, I, you'll forget to pay your Amazon bill and your car is going to get towed. What was that? <laughs> you'll forget to pay your Amazon bill and your car will get towed. Like that's how he, that's where he's going. Hey, <laughs> you hey. know he, he owns everything. Like oh, I forgot to pay my bill. Oh, good, we've got to deliver your food. Exactly. Like you know, gonna starve you out. Yeah. But I mean, I think that you know, media like he. I mean, he probably probably is feeling really really fresh because he won that Oscar and won you know won that Emmy. Um, so I mean, won multiple Emmys, but won that Oscar this year with. Um, um, I'm drawing a blank now. But Manchester the, by the Manchester sea. Manchester by the sea. So who knows? He might want to acquire like like yeah, like we talked about a media company that's yeah. that's cooking out a lot of content. Yeah, so, see. but I don't know. He already has the media company. So yeah. why would he do that? Uh, no. Hmm. I mean, the, the studio is a different operation. Thanks. No. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, something that we went to check out. Um, a little something called E3, the electronic, uh, uh, the the uh, basic video game con- convention, and it's something that we've been doing every year, and I've been doing it for a long time, and you and I've done it together for the last three or four years. Uh, you know, there's some highlights in video game wise, and I, that I want to touch on a little bit. But overall, what did you think of the overall E3 experience this year? Um, E3, unlike other years, I felt was a little. It was a little less attractive. Um, I felt like a lot of the the big activations, installations, and just the presence of a lot of the video game um, developers and and you know platform developers. They just didn't, it didn't seem like they spent a lot of money to like give you that bells and whistles experience. And so, I mean, I know at the end of the day, people come to E three to play the game and to to listen to some of the presentations and hear some of the the new reveals. But, I mean, a big part of the experience is, like, the wow factor. And I felt like this year it didn't really have the wow factor. Um, but some of the games, like, look pretty fresh. Um, I know virtual reality was, was much larger, had a much larger presence this year. Um, obviously, Nintendo um, Nintendo was had a huge uh, space. Yep. Um, that, that was a highlight. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I felt like... Th- previous years I, w- I would want to spend all day there or yeah. multiple days there like this year it was just like okay I saw it it's, it's been an hour it's time to go yeah I, what I, about you I, I agree <laughs> I feel like that yeah there's the spectacle of what was happening maybe the substance was was the same but the spectacle in terms of like these giant booths and <clears throat> activations and cool things you can interact with and, and play with and um, that stuff was gone. They're not spending as much money on that stuff anymore. On, on, on just the practical set building mm-hmm. aspect of it, um, they are still demoing games and demoing consoles. And uh, but I don't know, man. I, I do miss the spectacle of E3, and I mean, and I don't think the video game industry is down because they're just making so much money. But what I think right. what, we're, what we're seeing is a lot of these large companies uh, like EA are doing their own separate events. Like mm-hmm. Electronic Arts said that wanted to play them. That was three days, like their own E3. Three days with major uh, talent, celebrities, and performers, and uh, people coming through, and 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 it was it was a really sort of special thing. Like it's only three, and they they released six major titles, and they all look phenomenal. So I mean, if if companies are doing it that way, I don't know what the need for one one marketplace is. Hey, I feel too. This is the first year they opened it up to the public, Uh, so maybe that had a lot to do with it. Just more more. Well, attendance was way up. 
Attendance yeah, more, was that. way more foot traffic. And so what I'm saying is, maybe they're, maybe they're, th- maybe these companies are theorizing like, hey, you know, people are gonna buy the game. Like we, we're hot right now. We don't gotta spend this extra money for what? Like why spend extra marketing when we already know people gonna be on us? Like why right. gotta buy the new Jordans? I already know I'm about to get that girl. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Well, who knows? Well, well, we'll soon find out. Um, we'll see how it goes next year. We, they, you know, one more year of E3 uh, next year in Los Angeles, and then it's up for debate as to where it will I think it will stay here. Stay here and move to Vegas. It seems like it's going to stay here. But, you know, Vegas is very, very attractive. Yeah. Always is. Yeah. For everything. And they already got, you know, most of the conventions, the big conventions yep. there. CES. Yep. Um, uh, Star Trek Discovery is launching. They finally got a release date for Star Trek Discovery. It's coming out in September. Uh, oh, I'm for the date, but you know, in September, uh, I mean, we 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 are connected to Star Trek a little bit. Uh, it's starting to shape up. It started off with some some very 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 uh, rocky tumultuous start. Uh, I've heard that the budget of this thing is way up there. And uh, first of all, what do you think? This is from this big gigantic bet on CBS All Access. I mean, I, I I think that I think that it's it's smart to open it up to the whole world. Um, I think Netflix has it; will have it uh, internationally, but America won't. Um, and you have the only way you can get it if you're in the states or domestically is is to go through the CBS All Access and have to pay that subscription. I don't know if that's going to work. I'm not yeah. sold on it. Oh, wow. like, I don't think I would do it. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't if I had to bet money I wouldn't bet I would I would bet against them. You know what I'm right. saying? So. Um, I think that you know, in terms of the in terms of the actual production, and in terms of the what we're going to see as a narrative, I think it's going to be great. I think it'll be a great um, complement to you know the movies and and everything that's come before. Um, but as a as a strategy to be able to to build out CBS All Access, not sure if it's going to work. Huh. And, and you differ? Uh, I, I do a little bit. I think it's, I, I don't know. You know, you know uh, the good fight seems to be doing extremely well. What does that mean? Uh, extremely well. I mean the reviews and the uh, and the, the the attention that it's gotten from that. And it seems to be, by all accounts, they, they also reserve the right, like Netflix, to not release any numbers. I'm not showing you my numbers, son. Yeah, but you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, this is these are two major major properties, and they've got other stuff coming. And I don't know. They can diversify. I wonder if they'll just do things like, you know, CBS is developing Young Sheldon, sort of a spinoff of, of Big Bang Theory. I wonder if that's going to go on CBS All Access. If they're going to take these spinoffs of the larger shows and then put them on All Access, and maybe that's their model. I don't know, but uh, just to be able to have the brand familiarity. And but, I, I asked myself, where I asked you, like, what audience are they going after? You know, because yeah. you got to think. And then now, who 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 has the jobs? Who's going to have the jobs in the next 10, 20 years? Is these young kids? And like, how is this? How is how are these pieces of IP going to draw them in to pay that subscription? Versus YouTube Red, versus Spotify, versus Apple, versus Netflix. Like how? Well, I mean, look, listen. Uh, you, you, CBS is definitely a baby boomer uh, types network. And I mean, the mm-hmm. baby boomers are still ruling. They they voted in Donald Trump. The baby boomers will not but let go. Spending? Oh, they're spending a whole lot of money. They're spending are, powers the same as the millennials. Well, well, it's it's actually the baby boomers right now. Their spending power are actually greater right now than the millennials. But the point is, millennials are on the uprise, and they're the uprise. And the thought is that they have. Millennials have more disposable a- income, and they're, they're, they're coming as as large right now as the baby boomer group. The thing about the baby boomer group is they're just 
huge and refuse to die. I mean, they're the low end is 55, the high end is 70. They still got another 20 years of dominating. Okay. So the question is, if you're a baby boomer and you're 60 in five, in your, will you switch over to the internet in five years and be paying a, a CBS All Access fee? If that's the way it goes, that's the only way to see all my shows, and I'm 65, maybe I do. But like, like like you said earlier, like the whole point of TV was to deliver ads and ads for people to buy products. And so you're, are you arguing that a person that's 60 versus a person that's 25 is spending the same amount? Right now, 2017. No, you're right. That, and, that, that, and that's my point. Like, okay. how, how is that all access going to draw in that 25-year-old, you know? Yeah. I don't see it. That makes sense. That does make sense. Um, okay. I'll, I'll fill you on that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just back up on that one. Uh, I don't like this last story. It's taking it forever. I mean, oh, there's a couple more. I'm sorry. Uh, both. So, so I'll just mush them together. So, Atari and Sega. Uh, Atari is taking a cue from the big Nintendo. Nintendo had that had that system that was sort of like that's still it's still sold out anymore. No, they don't. I, I went into GameStop like maybe like a month ago, and uh -huh. they stopped making it. Oh. I was gonna get one. Because I had heard at first, like a year ago, and like in November when they launched it, it was 60 bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It sold out quick. Sold out quick. And so then I went into GameStop in Burbank, and they were like, hey, we still sell them, but we don't have it right now. We're getting a new order. Right. And then maybe fast forward four months later, I went to GameStop, and they said, nah, it's a wrap. They stopped making them. Wow. So, big disappointment. Yeah. I wonder what the story is behind that. I don't know. They could not keep up with the demand, I guess. Yes, maybe. Interesting. Well, that thing was, you know, that you find those things on eBay somewhere. Find them on. Uh, They're gonna tax that ass probably. Oh God, imagine. Well, well, because of that, uh, other gaming systems are, are, are um, taking the cue from that. Both Atari and Sega have versions of this. Have versions of like uh, Atari has a version of their old school Atari console that I grew up with. I don't know if you grew up with it because it's a little after your time. No, we had it. My parents uh, played that. Had, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's that. So that makes me feel young. Uh, <laughs> my parents had it. I didn't say I had. It. I was going to say no. That makes me feel oh, young. Got it, your got parents it. <laughs> being sarcastic. Okay, my oh. parents played that joint. Like good. Got you. Uh, so yeah, I, I had I got that I got that joint for in fifth grade for Christmas in fifth grade. I was very excited about it. Play that for a solid I don't know four or five years. And the thing about that is they're, they're bringing that console back with all their titles in there. Now there's versions of this you can get computer programs and play all the Atari titles on your computer. There's even an app where you can play most of the Atari titles on your, on your phone now. But to have that old school console and the old school joystick and that's play tight. those things, that's tight. Sega is also doing a very similar thing. They're given all their joints all the way back from the Sega 16-bit to the 17 I'm sorry the Sega 8-bit to the Sega Genesis 16-bit to the Sega Dreamcast which mm -hmm. you know I had all these systems by the way mm -hmm. uh, to the uh, the other Sega handheld joint which I can't remember I was a Sega loyalist I had every last one of these stupid mm -hmm. games and the fact that all those games will be available on one system that could be dope yeah I thought I thought the games could be are available for you to download. You, like you can download them and play them offline, or you could also play them like on your smartphone. And you just have to, you just have to, you know, see the ad that runs or whatever. Like that's what I thought. So I'll take it forever on the Apple. I thought that maybe I'm mistaken, but uh, I thought Atari or, or Sega, Sega, Sega. Sega yeah, I'm sorry, Sega. I'm mistaken. You are right about it. Sega is offering all those things, so you can play anytime, which is right. great. Uh, and that's that's incredible. But Atari is the actual, Atari is the actual hard, hard console. Hard console exactly. That's gonna that, that they're doing because because that is a piece of 
nostalgia. That that old piece of Atari thing is a piece of nostalgia. I will definitely be copying that. But do you think that's? I feel like that's just too niched out. I don't. I don't see. Yeah. I don't see a hundred thousand plus people buying that. You underestimate really the baby boomers and Gen <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Baby boomers and Gen Xers will. If you bought that for your dad for a Christmas gift, he'd be he like, will, "Yo!" I'm telling you, he would love it. And if you bought it for me as a Christmas gift, I'd be like, "Yo!" <laughs> like, like that is baby boomers and Gen Xers will buy the crap out of that, just like your generation sold out that stupid NES. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. We'll buy that like crazy. It's, it's a good move. Okay. Atari saw that and was like, "Huh." Let me just make some money real quick. So you think it's a good move for them? You think it's going to it's going to give them life? Is that what you're saying? No, I, mean, <laughs> okay. I, think, I think it's just a good money. Guy. I don't know. I don't know what who owns Atari these days or what's happening with Atari. You have the same guy, by the way, who who uh, started Atari's. I forget his name, but basically who uh, you know put that Atari console together and mm-hmm. sold it. He's fat, he made he's manufacturing themselves. Him and a bunch of college dudes manufactured it and sold them out mm-hmm. and they got a distribution deal with Sears and put it in a case and did it with Sears initially and made a bunch of money and then uh, they got the rights to Pong this whole crazy story of how they got started which was great and then sold like crazy mm-hmm. he got out uh, started Atari started a whole cultural revolution of how, of how people do business and everything else got out but the little known factor about that guy is the next thing he started Chuck E. Cheese. Wow. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't know Yeah. That. The same guy who started the Atari that's, 2600. That's a huge turn. Turned and revolutionized that business and started Chuck E. Cheese. And wow. That, and that one has its own problems now, but it's they're still around. So that's, Chuck, that's, e, Chuck E. Cheese used to be the slapper. I mean, when you, create, young little... <laughs> <laughs> when you create two iconic brands like that, it's really interesting. That is interesting. Um, there's, a, there's a great podcast called How I Built This. If you guys are interested in NPR podcast, How, you Built, How I Built This, they have... I mean, if you're an entrepreneur and you just want those inspirational stories, I mean, everything from the, the guy who started Southwest um, to the guy who started Atari to everybody's been on there, and it's really good. Mark Cuban, so really good stories, and like you know, and they're and they're all some version of like I was broke, I was about to give up, I sold my everything, and then so the inspirational quality. Yeah, to, I mean, every, almost every one of those. Everybody was broke and about to give up, and, and got then the, car boom, the moment happened. So that's that's, uh, that's hope for me. Uh, and you, <laughs> uh, that's all I got for today, man. Anything else? Nah, man. Um, I mean, I know we talked about last week when uh, Ho was dropping, and now we have a we have a date. We have a date when he's dropping. June thirtieth. Are you ready for four four four? I mean, you, you gonna you gonna re up your title I subscription? Am. I am. I was talking about this with our partner Steve, and he's just <laughs> who's, the, who's by the way the least tech savvy person in the world. Is like I don't know. I'll just wait till it gets to. I'm like, I don't think it's gonna get to Apple Music. Nah, it's not. He's like, ah, he's not gonna miss all the money. Like, you're not yeah. paying attention to yeah. what's happening. It's he's not happening. Not. Like the, yeah. he's like, ah, he already pulled his catalog. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm re-up my titles. What about you? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna get it from the source. Oh, <laughs> you going? You going? Oh, are you getting from the source? Meaning Jay Z? Are you getting yeah, from China? You gonna send me a copy? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you gonna go uh, text Jigga, te- text up Hove right now and be like, Yeah, I'm like, send me the send me the uh, pre-release, bro. Yes. Okay. I need that. Four, four, four. What are your expectations from a 48 year old Jay Z? Hey man, I think he still has it. I mean, bro, like we're in the mumble rap era. Like, come on, like yeah. he's gonna give us something. He's gonna give us something. The music's gonna be crazy. I don't know. I haven't really done much research on it. I don't know who's been producing it, but I already know that. I mean, he's not gonna make any dumb moves creatively. So and this album's been ready for like almost two years. So I am interested to see if it's gonna be feature heavy or if it's just gonna be him. You know? Yeah. 
And if it's just him, I'm, I'm rooting for it just being him. It's a solid Jay-Z album where he's actually spitting. I love that it's conceptual. I love that in fact he's doing videos like his wife did. And the whole album is kind of like laid out that way. Um, I have you seen the trailer? Nope. Oh, the trailer looks fresh. Oh, looks, looks super fresh. Okay. Yeah. The trailer. Well, the trailer to the first song, rather. Okay. Was that, look, is, that, is that everywhere? Is that it's on everywhere? Okay. He dropped. He dropped that with the news. Okay, like, I missed so, that. Yeah. I've always seen the bus backs and the the billboards. But that looks fresh. It it's got, a fresh rollout. I will tell yeah, you that yeah. the rollout is everything is right. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I just saw a bus back roll by. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, there it is! <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah, he's flat. I mean, I love what he's doing. I mean, he's expand. He's always expanded, but I love how he's expanding into like the television space, producing documentaries, and now he's you know dropping an album with vid- visual content. It's almost like a film chopped up, you know. So yeah. I'm interested to see how that pans out, but we'll see, man. All right, next well, week. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Next week we got that coming, and also uh, uh, two albums did drop this week. Three, um, one dropped last week, two this week. I'm gonna ask you about. First being Vince Staple, do you care? If you care or not? Oh yeah, Vince Staple. I mean, in terms of in terms of the newer guys, like he, yeah, I mean he's definitely up there. His, uh, she, I haven't given it a full. Album? I haven't given it a full listen. Though. Okay, I haven't, I haven't either. I've only given like half listen. Uh, number two, uh, your boy Khaled. Um, I have not given it a listen at all. Like, okay. I've, I mean, I've listened to obviously the singles that you know he's dropped, but I haven't. It's not something that I'm going to run. Run into my phone to, to, to listen to, but I mean, I'll give it a fair shake. Yeah, you know? I, d- I downloaded it. I haven't really. Checked I'm sure it's it good yet, though. But we'll see. And last but not least, uh, last week, uh, very quietly, not so quietly, it's some promotion. Uh, Big Boy dropped. I actually like that. I like that album a lot. Are yeah, I haven't listened to that one either. Okay, that that's that's that one's actually pretty good. Is, is Andre on there? No, no oh. Andre at all. Damn. Three killer mics though. Stop it. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> why you listen to it. Three killer mics. <laughs> Uh, a couple Jeezys. Oh man, he's going Atlanta heavy. But okay. uh, a couple Jeezys, three Killer Mikes, uh, no Migos, no other Atlanta folks, no Luda, no uh, you know, no nobody else, no no JD, no most ballinest player. Did you uh, see All Eyes on Me yet? Uh, I have no intention of seeing All Eyes on Me. <sighs> You're terrible, bro. You just told me it was whack. Whatever we gonna pause that we gonna pause that okay. conversation. I, I no, I can't get you to see John Wick. I'm gonna go. I'm I saw go it. Theater. I will. I will like you. I will wait until it comes. Okay. to I will see it. Okay. I'm gonna see on. it. But I don't know if I'm gonna stop and I'm, go down to theater. I'm not gonna down my twelve fifty whatever it is to I'm go see. Criticize you on a air. Whack movie. Go ahead. I'm not gonna criticize you on air. I'll uh-huh. wait till we go. Till we pull the plug and uh-huh. then I'm gonna tell like you why. You just, you just spent money to go see whatever. No, whatever. I'm not. I'm not gonna do you like that. No, do me. I should nah, support. I, I feel we should support black films. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Black director, you know, I mean, okay, just uh, for, just for that alone, okay. like we, okay. we as a group, because we don't get that shot very often. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, a, a forty million dollar budget, I'm we don't get that shot, bro. So I mean, to get those numbers up, it helps us. It helps us all out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, I, you know, I, I will go see. I just I've, I've supported that. Uh, you know, uh, Tim stories whack. Uh, Fantastic Four films, <laughs> so both of them. So I will definitely go. <laughs> I will definitely go support this. But uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. I got you. It's all good, man. Everybody can't be uh, everybody can't be uh, Fuqua and Kugler <laughs> <laughs> or, or Barry Jenkins. So okay, I, I feel it. I'm, I'm gonna check it out. That's very true, though. All right, or Ava DuVernay. Man, she's killing she's it. She's killing it. I'm really excited about Rickland Time. Okay, I will check it out for that purpose. You're right. I will check it out and just just you know enjoy the music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna get out of here on that one. Um, where can the people find you? Yo, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Akili Shine, A K I L I S H I N E. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe K Braswell. That's at Joe K Braswell. We will see you next week with some reviews, and maybe I'll see all eyes on me. We'll go from there. All right, bye bye.
From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live. Scipio, Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. So much. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.